Welcome to the internet. Live from the Marriott Library at the University of Utah, this is the Red Line Podcast. I'm your host, quote, an exponentially multiplying irrational number of raccoons in a trench coat, unquote, and these are my co-hosts... Kyle Holland and... Alex Fielder. Today we're talking about one of the oldest and most interesting municipal transportation companies in the company... In the country, the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency will talk metro, trolleys, and more after the news. You mean Muni Metro? Hashtag not like other metros. Actually, we won't talk metro today. Why aren't we talking about Muni Metro? Because Muni Metro doesn't exist until the 80s, and this is part one of two. Or three. Which gets a, or, or three, <laughs> which gets us about to like 1960. Okay, so we get to talk about the pre- Market Street Subway streetcar line. Yes. Okay, I'll take that. Okay. Now for the do 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 news. Andy Byford is back in the United States. Mr. Byford has been hired as an executive vice president of high-speed rail development, spurring rumors throughout the transportation industry that Amtrak could be making big moves in the near future. Welcome back to the U.S. Hmm. So he previously has worked at the Toronto Transit Commission, the New York City Subway, uh, New South Wales Transit, which is, I think, Sydney. So, you know, a lot of big names there. Oh, and also TFL. Anything this man touches, he fixes. He's like the best manager ever. You should have sent him to the MBTA. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what a coincidence. <laughs> what a coincidence. Our second news item. Uh, Massachusetts Governor Mara Healey has appointed Philip Eng, former president of the Long Island Railroad and chief operating officer of the MTA, to head the MBTA. This move comes after Steve Poltak was given the boot earlier this year as the agency collapsed under his watch. Hopefully this marks a turning point for America's most troubled major transit agency. Hopefully. He can't make it any worse, can he? Well, there's currently uh, about 76 minutes of delays on average on the red line because of slow zones, so it would be difficult to make it worse. 76? 76. Like the trains are 76 minutes behind. So, so, so normally, like, right, the red line would take X minutes of time. If it was in perfect operating condition, yeah. it would take, I don't know, 40 minutes. So because of slow zones, it now takes an extra 76 minutes. What the fuck? <laughs> like, on average? No, just... Uh, on any know. given trip. Oh, every trip? Every what? trip. That, uh, so, is it so it's useless. Is it reliably not on time, or is it... Did they just write They, they just schedule? don't have a schedule. They just put as many trains as they can into the system and run them as quickly as possible, what? which so, is normally about okay. 10 miles an hour these days. So he, he, How he, is it... How, didn't they just, like, fix a bunch of the tracks? That was the orange line. Is that one better and now? They, no. <laughs> no. It's actually worse than it was before the shutdown now in terms of being slow. Why is everything broken? So anything he does should be a net improvement? Hopefully. Oh, and also the blue line, which was previously the only MBTA line without any speed restrictions or anything broken, uh, now has about 20 minutes of slow zone delay on average. So it's just... On a 30-minute run. How is it this bad? Have they just, like, left their tracks to rot for 40 years? Yeah. Basically. So, do you think that they might be able to improve it with the new federal funding that's come in? Hopefully. Otherwise, (laughs) uh, Um, I don't know what's going to happen to Boston because people are already just starting to take commuter rail instead of of the the T. Awkward. The MBTA is not well known for being able to do things with money either. So even if they had money, they probably just managed to mismanage it into a hole. Like, <laughs> yes, let's spend it on two inches of track on the Green Line extension, <laughs> which also has slow zones, despite being what? brand fucking new. How? Good question. Wow. <laughs> well, it makes me glad I don't live in Boston. Yeah, that's For not the only reasons. thing that makes me glad I don't live in Boston, to be honest with you. Boston's mm. a nice city. I've um, never been, but... <laughs> I won't be going until they fix their track. Yeah, that's true, me neither. Because their buses also suck. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since they tore down the trolleys. After refurbishing them. Yeah, but it would have been too expensive to spend $5 million resp- refurbishing the overhead wires. So instead... We'll get battery buses, which will only cost buses. $5. And degrade the roads a lot quicker. Sure, something like that. We, this we at the MBTA can do math with money. <laughs> no. 
they can't act. Do they have like five employees that just like run around or something? Burning money. Yeah. Just like you know, take a lot of cash out of the out of the MBTA's money drawer, or whatever. Take a lighter to it. Let it burn for a little bit. Light a cigarette on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what they did the first time with the green line is they just had like single-digit number of people and gave them, like, a couple billion dollars and were like, I don't know, have fun. Huh. It didn't work. I, I, I'm they shocked. They burned I'm hundreds of millions of dollars in that attempt and had nothing. to start over. Yeah. Hmm. So, anyway, um, yeah, good, good, good luck, Phil. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Um, maybe consider, like, I don't know, biking to work until the red line is fixed, I guess. At least he has good experience. Yeah, he has worked yeah. for the Lur and the Mata. So, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> we wish you luck from yeah. the podcast. You need it. This you will need it. Yeah. This has been the news. Do, 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 do. Down. No Disney. No Please. Disney. No oh, Disney. yeah, that gets us copy struck faster yeah, than yeah. anything. Yeah, you can't have fun. Because copyright will be like. That's why we're now going to be on Rumble. Biden's the they, them news. Which leads us to the question. What is you San ha- Francisco? <laughs> you wrote an intro for this. <laughs> no, okay, fine. Cut. I'll do the actual intro. Cut. No, this is a funny thing. You keep it in. Alex and I thought it was funny. Yeah, Cut. the questions are always it's funny. It's very funny because you get pissed off by it. Yeah. Uh, so, somebody once said, quote, there are three cities in America. In ex- it was just meant to be America, not North America when I put that. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of <laughs> throwing completely undeserved shade. Yeah, sorry, on Toronto. Yeah. Um, somebody once said there are th- oh, and Montreal. Uh, somebody once said there are three cities in America: New York, San Francisco, and New Orleans. Everything else is just Cleveland or a New York suburb. I mean, you know, relatively speaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Screw LA. Yeah. LA. Have you been to L.A.? Like I said, screw L.A. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> what, what about Chicago? Ooh. Chicago, America's Cle- second city. Big Cleveland. Mm. Big Cleveland. <laughs> 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 okay, that's weird. Like, yeah. no, think about it. Like, <laughs> the B- Cleveland is like small Chicago. It has a weird metro line that, you know, it's weird, right? Mm-hmm. So does Chicago. Uh has tall buildings downtown, but everything else is, you know, kind of old and a little bit, you know, run down, I guess. This is not true, of course, of Chicago. I'm just trying to make a false equivalency here. Mm-hmm. Well, you can only have fun times in Cleveland today, in Cleveland. <laughs> what about That's tomorrow? True. Tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, we'll got, see tomorrow. Then you got to go yeah. to San Francisco, I yeah. guess. Gotcha. Um... So, but anyway, I'm not sure that that's true, but one thing is for certain. San Francisco is a, and I have this in italics, city in a way that most North American cities are not. It's dense, it's vibrant, it's walkable, and that is especially true for a city on the West Coast. Like, you know, no offense to us here in the West, but we kind of, you know, grew up in the car era. Yeah. Um, Unlike San Francisco... Which, which grew up before the car era. Cause well, it's grew old. up, then burnt down, and then grew up again and all before the car almost era. burnt down. Well, and <laughs> shook apart, too. Yeah, yeah. as well. They're doing pretty good. Yeah, they're all right. Well, I'm impressed. I'm glad they're in one piece. <laughs> um, it also has a massive transit system that is not BART, surprisingly. when you, you know, if you're like your average transit person, you're like, hmm, San Francisco, what do they have there? Ah, yes, BART. Oh, yes. And that's it. But that's not true. (laughs) Because, first of all, there are like, you know, 30 transit agencies there. And second of all, San Francisco has its own, which is... And third of all, BART mostly serves not San Francisco. Yeah, BART doesn't really serve San Francisco very much, fun fact. It has seven stations within the city and county of San Francisco. And four of them are on Market Street. And four of them are on Market Street in the financial district slash downtown. Good place for them. Yes. <laughs> that is why they were built there. Yes. 
Geary Boulevard subway when. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Muni is big. And for all its issues, it's very cool and has interesting things to offer to those of us who live in other places that are not San Francisco. And good numbers. And very good numbers. Like, uh, quarter three, 2022, which is the benchmark everyone's using for ridership right now, guess how many riders the SFMTA was carrying? 100,000. Double it. You are both incorrect. <laughs> Uh, close to 350,000 riders a day. Cool. And that is post-pandemic. Yeah, and I'll also note that pre-pandemic, their fare box recovery was like 30%. Higher than that. It's probably higher than that. I thought we said, let's, let's look again. City and county of San Francisco. So, it's one of the reasons you wouldn't want to drive much in San Francisco is oh, it'd very be, narrow it'd be streets. Terrible, yeah. But also, isn't it the smash and grab capital of the world? Yeah, yeah it is. A little bit. Okay. Also, <laughs> yeah, bang on. 30% okay. fair box. I am there. not the person to be, you know, crime! <laughs> like, you know, conservatives these days lose their shit when you, like, even think about a city <laughs> because they think you just get immediately robbed, raped, mugged, and murdered all at once. <laughs> as soon as you step within a core city, right? Mm -hmm. That is not true. Anywhere, <laughs> except Cleveland. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe St. Louis. No, not really. It's only in the north side, really. Um, but, no, San Francisco is a very safe city in general. Like, it doesn't have a super high homicide rate, especially for such a um, huge, large city as that, that has the tenderloin. Um <laughs> The Tenderloin is kind of a famously seedy neighborhood, and according to San Francisco municipal t statistics, like 70% of the violent crime just happens there. Every city has that Every one place. Every city has the one place. Yeah. Just, every it's like Denver's Colfax. Or um, yeah. North Temple. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, every city has one place that's kind of in bad shape. So that's like, you know, San Francisco as a whole, very safe city. San Francisco as a whole, not a good place to own things because high property, <laughs> very crime. high property Famously crime rates. Famously high property crime, especially recently because the, uh, and you know I'm gonna get canceled for this, but um, <laughs> because their cops are extremely understaffed and they can't pursue property crime complaints at the moment. That's a valid excuse. Yeah, well, if you listen to some people, it's because they're on a quote undeclared strike unquote. The, the cops. cops. The ones yeah. that are like in the understaffed police force. Yeah, they're in they're in an undeclared strike because the, people did Black Lives Matter. That 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 cannot be true. <laughs> I am not sure how I feel about it. I that. don't know much about the <laughs> situation, sounds, so I'm not going to comment. Like it sounds like sounds like yeah, it's copium. That that does not <laughs> that does not sound like it would be true, and no. I don't see that happening. No. Yeah. So um. Uh, there's a lot of people accusing West Coast police agencies of doing that at the moment because they are all understaffed and crime has risen in all cities in the last couple of years from COVID. It's going back down mostly now, but like, except Portland. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going back down mostly now, but like, anyway, anyway. So I'm not much of a like crime person, but yes, <laughs> yes. If you go to San Francisco... Watch your shit because we had stuff stolen and we were there for four days. Wait, you, <laughs> really? You, you, did? you had stuff stolen? Yeah, Ethan had his AirPods stolen. Huh? Like, yanked off the chain on Bart. Yeah? Yeah, we didn't notice it till we got off, but yeah. Well, right. Okay, well, all right, that's then. a quick hand. I know, I know. Yeah, skill. And yeah. I saw, like, some <laughs> CNN reporters park their car outside of City Hall in San Francisco yeah. the other day, uh -huh. and somebody busted in the window despite them having hired a security guard to watch it. <laughs> so, What's like, the security guard going to do? Yeah, San Francisco, not a good place to own things at the moment. Yeah. Especially cars. <laughs> well, mm. I mean, look, I'm not going to say that crime is ju good just because it gets rid of things <laughs> I don't like. <laughs> yeah. But we, we are going to have fun continuing to laugh about specifically the car smash and grabs. Yes. And I'm sure it's, you know, it's a terrible quality of life issue for people who live there is having things stolen. Like bikes yeah. are also a yep. thing that yeah. gets stolen a lot. Yep. Yeah, I imagine. Like, you know, I live here and I've had my bike stolen twice, so I can't imagine how many bikes I would have had stolen <laughs> in San Francisco. I, I had my bike stolen too. You did? 
Oh yeah, then we found it. Yeah. Okay, uh, you you don't get to talk about having your bike stolen though. We found Alex's. Yeah. yeah. But that's because I looked it up incorrectly. Oops. But <laughs> anyway, driving in San Francisco sucks ass. Because it's a real city. Because built for humans. It's human not a good car city. Like they, they left the city. Yeah. They didn't blow it up for cars. Well, except for they Geary. did at one point, and then yeah. they didn't do that. Ah. And you also remember the Embarcadero Geary. Freeway used to be a thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and then, then it broke. It broke during an earthquake. So, earthquake spaced? <laughs> Earthquakes seem to be relatively hostile to car infrastructure in San Francisco. We had the Embarcadero and then the Bay Bridge. The one part of it broke in an earthquake, and they had to rebuild it for like a few billion dollars. Yeah. In a different design that it wouldn't looks do that. Now. Yeah, it does look better now. <laughs> half they rebuilt. The other half they... <laughs> It's like a green Golden Gate Bridge, but worse. Meanwhile, the trans pay too. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the Golden Gate Bridge. So. Whoa. Hey, that's illegal. Controversial. Why? It's too flashy. That's the point. Also, there are six lanes of car traffic on it's it. It's really loud. It, it is, is so, so loud. loud. We, walked, we walked over the thing, and I was thinking here, like, okay, well, there's a walkway over it, right? The sidewalk is not going to be immediately adjacent to six lanes of freeway traffic, Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> it turns out that the sidewalk is directly adjacent to six lanes of freeway traffic. See, I think I'm just jealous because we don't have any big thing we can point at and say, we as Americans did this. So In Utah? Or kind of... I mean, we dug up a whole mountain. We did do that, yeah. Man-made wonder. <laughs> and we did say nice things about that. We did we did do that. Oh, you guys had that mm-hmm. one? Yeah, we did uh-huh. have that one. There's also that really tall smokestack, I guess, you can look at. Yeah, but we... I, I'm talking about, like, within the past 20 years. Oh. There, there's no, like, big monument to America's greatness, like, infrastructure-wise. Mm. The Big Dig. No. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. I'm trying to cool. think of something, because he might be right that we haven't built anything interesting in a while. Well, we, it's it's not like we we don't have our Hoover like, Dam. Yeah, we haven't built like we, a big ass. We don't dam have anymore. like well, any, gonna, and it's gonna be like another seventy years till they finish the high speed rail in California. So we can't point to that yet. Hmm. There's no like impressive, grandiose. That's all. That's all come together and celebrate over uh, this. I mean, the World Trade Center is pretty tall. Oh yeah, the new one. Oh, the one world. Yeah, the Trade one Center. that's it's a nice exactly seventeen hundred and seventy-six feet tall. Because I, I, I of love course that it detail. Is. God bless yeah. America. That is a very tall. And building. the and the station under it is yes, beautiful. Yes. Oh, did they but put a subway I, station I mean, under like, it? Not locally or like. Well, you I mean, like I guess we don't have anything famous infrastructure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. All of our nationally famous infrastructure is from the New Deal. So what's the, what he's saying All is we need a new New Deal. Yeah. yeah. We need a green New Deal. Ooh. Canceled. <laughs> Woke left invading my podcast. Yeah, we, this is we need the one thing I wanted from Biden, which was the Climate Conservation Corps. <laughs> yeah, that would <laughs> have been really That's the one cool. thing I really wanted him to do. Maybe he'll be able to do it next term. Maybe. Uh, they do do more in the second term, don't they? Well, and also you can yeah. or- normally, as a president, only do the political science major speaking here, only do like one big thing, right? Like, for example, uh, Donald Trump, his big thing was immigrants in cages uh, and building part of the wall. Obama's big <laughs> thing was health care reform, and then he wasn't really able to do much after that. Yeah. Uh, Bush's thing was the Iraq war, and he wasn't able to do much after that. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's very difficult after, like, the first two years in office to pass really substantive reform a lot of the time. You also don't have to worry about re-election after your second term, so you can kind of... Yeah, you can go wild a little bit more than you can in your first term. You can continue signing vaguely progressive things. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean vaguely? None of it's like smashing new labor reform sort of stuff. It's like, oh, let's still drill a bit. Please. Oh my God! The Willow Project, <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ! We are so screwed. Yeah. Um, it's oh, let's open up our last frontier of Alaska <laughs> to a t- shit. Ton Alaska, of the last frontier <laughs> of oil. Yeah. No. <laughs> we need energy good. independence, okay, dude? Nuclear. Yeah. Nuclear. Okay. 
Uh, anyway, we are way on a tangent at the moment. Yeah. But crime bad, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it does sometimes happen in San Francisco, it turns out. Mm-hmm. Golden Gate Bridge. Good, maybe, if it had barred on it instead of cars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's cool bridge. It's objectively yeah, it's a cool, cool bridge. bridge. It's uh, just so loud. And I'm just jealous. Yeah. yeah, and the buses over it are hella expensive, too. Like, Cause, ten bucks. Because they can be. Ten bucks. Mm-hmm. Take the ferry. It's much better. And slightly yeah. cheaper. Golden Gate and Transit quieter. Ferries. And be quieter. Like. And you get to sit out front and watch container ships go by, which I very strongly recommend. You see, wait a second. AC Transit, right? Their Transbay fare is... What is it? Six Six dollars over like a normal like 250 or whatever, right? And I'm figuring it's that low because they have to compete with BART, which is less than six dollars I'll, I'll note although it doesn't include your yeah. local connection so maybe if we had bart or bart, caltrain going like over <laughs> going over the other way then golden gate transit would have to compete yeah but fair-wise. bart's expensive too bart is extremely expensive like that's only round trip between berkeley and san francisco was 10 bucks Okay, and AC Transit would have been 12. Okay, and that's still expensive. Yeah, like, maybe. if we sh- probably should have gotten an Uber, it would have saved us money with the six of us. Oh, but there are only four of us. If there were six of us, we probably would have saved money doing an Uber. Okay, well, if the break even <laughs> is above, is three people or more, it ceases to matter. Mm. Well, why is it so pricey? Just because they have to pay people. They yep. rely on fare. You wonder right why now. they had seventy percent fare box recovery pre-pandemic. This is about half the reason. Okay. High okay. fares. The other half is high ridership. Fair. <laughs> get it? Um, yeah. <laughs> so geography. Before we get lost on another tangent about something stupid. Uh, there's <laughs> a peninsula to the south. San Francisco is kind of on the top of a little peninsula that sticks out. Uh, the bay's on the east. The Pacific Ocean is to the west, um, and the Golden Gate Bridge connects north to Marin County, I'm told. Uh, The Bay Bridge and the Transbay Tube go east to Oakland and the East Bay, Uh, and the city is famous for its very steep hills, which dominate the landscape, especially in the eastern half of the city, as we learned from walking up a lot of very steep hills. And taking the cable car. We only did that once because it's very expensive. This is a true fact. If you get a Muni monthly pass, you get unlimited cable car. This is true, which I think is very good. Yeah. Um, Sweet. Yeah, and then downtown and all of its neighborhoods are on the eastern coast with uh, density and the level of activity kind of dropping off the further you go to the south and west. See also Market Street. Market Street. (laughs) (laughs) So... That's San Francisco and this is various fact. tangents it relating sure to San Francisco. And unrelating to San and Francisco. And unrelated to San Francisco. <laughs> Thank goodness, this is a long thing. Yeah, it goes on for... This is why this is a two-part <laughs> episode instead of a one-part episode now. Why is part one so long? Because it's more interesting than your average cable car company because it was owned by the city. And so You're that's the, good. Yeah. And because I'm interested in it, and I'm a nerd for Muni now, so as, right. uh, as they can tell from the Muni hat that they can't see that I am currently wearing, mm-hmm. and refuse to take off even though it's too hot in here. Uh, it's not too hot in here anymore. Mm. So, San Francisco is younger than many other great American cities, truly beginning its rise in the late 1840s and early 1850s. Despite this, the city was on the ball when it came to horse car transportation with the city's first line opening in 1860 on Market Street. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's a long time ago. Yeah, it's... Are we talking like horse car with steel rails? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think they really had an omnibus era in San Francisco super much. That's some very early steel. Mm. Yes. Industrialization go burr. Um, You have to remember San Francisco was a boom town because in... Like, 1849, it didn't exist, and then suddenly there's, like, 100,000 people there. (laughs) So, you know. And they got there on the railroads and hence No, there wasn't a transcontinental railroad yet. They had to take a boat still. Okay. Or trek across country. Yeah. Walk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Walk from St. Louis to uh, San Francisco. (laughs) For gold. 
Yes. Uh, service was upgraded several years later to use steam dummies, which remained the dominant form of propulsion until 1873, when the Market Street Railway, the name of the company in question, was bought out by investors and its lines were changed to cable haulage. Uh, the newly rebranded Market Street Cable Railway would operate five lines, all of which converged at the ferry terminal. And during peak times, it's estimated that a cable car left the main terminus at the ferry building every 15 seconds. Whew. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> drive-by sight, be like. <laughs> Indeed. Whoa. Uh, drive-by sight cable cars. Yeah. You're writing a probably apocryphal story at the Cable Car Museum about the invention of cable haulage, which was that somebody saw a horse car being pulled up a steep slope and then the horses slipped and then the car went down the slope and the horses were tumbled to death. I don't think that was apocryphal. Maybe, maybe not. We may never know. I mean, oh, we are going to have a uh, patron-exclusive cable car episode this month. <laughs> so, so anyway. Um, and then, you know, cable haulage. Because yeah. keep the horses safe. And because Hill. Yeah, Hill be like Hillsboro. Huh. <laughs> I wonder what Hillsboro was named after. <laughs> I, I, I could not tell I have you. a clue. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for cable car fans, electric traction was quickly proving itself to be superior to cable haulage everywhere but on the city's steepest hills, where three cable car routes still run to this day. Uh, the Market Street Cable Car Railway was bought out by Southern Pacific in 1893, and they began to rapidly converting less steep lines to electric traction. Because the technology had quite recently been made good enough to be used yeah. on things. This is around the same time that in many another episode of the Redline podcast, many another city is also like, converting hey, to electric traction. hey, we're going to build electric streetcar now. Yeah. yeah, so everybody else is also doing this. I imagine this is where the tech was. that's less maintenance, too. Uh, yes, cable, cable railways are quite complex mechanically, so I imagine that you're right and it's much easier to run an, uh, an electric railway. And easier yep. to build, and it can go faster. Win-win. Yes. Win, win, win. Uh, yeah, that's another kind of limitation of cable haulage. It can only go so fast because can you, can't, <laughs> you can't spin the wire at like 90 miles an hour or whatever. I mean, you can... But the problem is, you don't want to be going to 90 miles an hour it. all the time. Well, you can, de on the you, sheave, you can yeah, decrease you can the amount like of pressure slip. to the to have some slip so you only pull. Anyway, well, you don't want to be we'll slipping talk about this like in the cable car episode. Okay, I'm excited for yeah. that. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, so then, in 1902, the Market Street Railway was sold again, this time to a group of investors who consolidated it with other streetcar operators to form the United Railroads of San Francisco. Average investor doing a merger be like. Indeed. <laughs> they uh, still do that these days. Mergers. Yeah, it's true. Uh, conversions to electric traction continue to pace, although many residents were beginning to see the overhead wires as a blight. <laughs> <laughs> you know... San Francisco's long, proud heritage of nimbyism began <laughs> at this time. I'm, I'm sorry they look bad, but how else are you going to get clean Well, they like the cable cars. Oh, as oh opposed my. to... Back in my day, the cable cars were a thing, and now these darn kids with their electric traction basically is what was happening. Mm, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Uh... Fortunately for the uh, United Railroad, and unfortunately for just about everyone else, the, <laughs> <laughs> the that's, great... That's a way to phrase that. <laughs> uh, the Great San Francisco Earthquake and subsequent fires of 1906 struck just as opposition was heating up, <laughs> allowing them to accelerate the conversion of their lines to electric power while destroying most of the city. <laughs> 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 oh <my God. laughs> so, um, fun fact, NIMBYs would have killed San Francisco's streetcars if not for the giant earthquake. Huh? Here at the Redline Podcast, we view everything through streetcar-colored street glasses. I am pro-earthquake now, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> You're so gonna get cancelled and deserve Cancel it. Cancel me! Bring it on, suckers! Um, <laughs> so... <Wow. laughs> Next... Uh, other <laughs> railways were still operating, and further consolidations turned the United Railroads of San Francisco, which was then renamed the Market Street <laughs> Railway again in 1914, into a juggernaut. 
but the seeds of its demise were soon sown as the city of San Francisco bought the Geary Street Park and Ocean Railway in 1912, forming the initial segments of the San Francisco Municipal Railway, more commonly known as Muni. Wow. Yeah. So Muni started in the 1910s. Yes. That is old. Yes. Um, and why did the city buy them out? Uh, so we'll actually get into that in a sec. Very good question. Uh, basically, in 1900, the city of San Francisco passed a new charter. Uh, they'd had a cool. charter, you know, for a while, but they were like, this one sucks. Let's make a new one. I assume the first one was like Gold Rush Charter. Yeah, basically, you know, <laughs> when people were still getting shot in the street every day is when that charter was made. So they so they updated it, right? And since it was kind of the progressive era and, wow. you know, everyone was being like, labor rights, government actually do stuff. Um, woke. Yeah, woke. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the provisos of the charter was that eventually all municipal services should be brought under private ownership. So, like, you know, prior to this in most American cities, uh, like, basically everything, water, power, gas, etc., was privately owned, privately operated, including streetcars. But Fr San Francisco was like, yeah, oh, that's stupid. We're going to buy all this stuff out. And so over the first couple decades of the 20th century, they started buying everything out, including their first streetcar line in 1912. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Very... San Francisco, a long tradition of nimbyism and progressivism. And fires and earthquakes. And fires and earthquakes. <laughs> um, so, to my knowledge, Muni is the first municipally owned public transportation system in the United States, coming into existence more than 40 years before the first large wave of such municipalizations began. Well, because most other municipal agencies showed up after all the private systems like, completely broke completely down. Completely collapsed, mm -hmm. yeah. In the face of massive subsidy for highways and air travel. Oh, cool. They right. got a head start. Good for them. Yeah, that, it is actually, very much a head start. Actually, legitimately very good for them. Yeah. Because this has had, and I might be reading the history wrong, but this has had given them the advantage of having, like, continuously operating transit from then until now with no awkward, like, 30 years in the middle where everything broke down and got torn up and got rebuilt. Uh, that's, that, that's about right. Although a lot of things did still get torn out. As yeah, we'll discuss. though, big, <laughs> big contributor to the massive network of overhead electrification we have today. This is true. Uh, so the People's Road, as the mayor at the time called it, <laughs> began operations in 1912 as a result of the city's 1900... Oh, wait, we already talked about this. Uh, mayor Rolf, who had been the first man ever to board a municipal streetcar in front of a cheering crowd of no <laughs> less than 50,000 San Franciscans, uh, quickly proposed a 3.5 million bond measure to expand Muni to serve the Panama Pacific International Exposition via the Stockton Street Tunnel. A tunnel? Yes. I didn't know about this one. Uh, they were also going to expand to the Mission District with the H. Potero and J. Church lines. Uh, they also had an ambitious plan to serve the western reaches of the city with the Twin Peaks Tunnel, which would carry <laughs> the K and L lines into Angleside and Parkside. So, you know, immediately we're like, Oh, we built this new railroad along Market Street. Now we're going to go out to the suburbs. Ambition in a transit agency. What year is that? Yeah, also $3.5 <laughs> million dollars for the Twin Peaks Tunnel, which is like 2.2 miles long. Back, back pre-inflation. Let me, let me just drool real quick. <laughs> yeah, back. Well, what I wouldn't give to be in that crowd of 50,000. I know, it'd be cool, One right? guy stepping on a... <laughs> on a, a streetcar. Yeah, he was also the first person to fay Perry put a nickel in the fare box. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Imagine cool. being him. I know. Like, <laughs> I want someday to be the first person to fay par pay fare on something. I think that would be very cool. Life goals. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. Let's say the stupid Point of the Mountain extension someday actually <laughs> opens. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to Lehigh on opening day. Beep! Ha ha! <laughs> Yes. Although I'd probably just buy a ticket because... <laughs> they might turn the ticket machine <laughs> off and make it free. Hmm. Although they never turn off the card readers when it's free. At least for the unlimited pass peeps. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe I should do that. Um, yeah. And then before 10 he years had passed, Muni was operating 10 streetcar lines directly competing <laughs> with... <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> With the Market Street Railway. Railway throughout the city. Um, 
Muni also began to experiment with buses in the 1920s, as the overhead wires that made electric streetcars possible were increasingly unpopular with residents. <laughs> Again. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I hate looking at things that literally make our city go round. Yeah, I hate seeing infrastructure. Yeah. Horrible. I don't want to see infrastructure. I don't want to see highways. Bury them. Yeah, I, I don't need to like... be in other people's places. Yeah. 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 No more highways in my backyard. And I can say this is somebody with a highway in my backyard. <laughs> yeah. But still, throughout the 1920s and 30s, San Francisco experienced a golden age of streetcar travel, with dozens of Muni and Market Street lines running throughout the city. Yes, and this is quite fun. Uh, so Market Street itself was particular... Market Street itself was particularly <laughs> impressive, with four tracks on a surface alignment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so quad the entire tracks. street was just quad track street. Oh my cars. gosh. Um, Everything is track. <laughs> the Market Street Railway owned the inner two tracks and Muni owned the outer <laughs> two. Whoa. It was, and and you know, you think about those every 15 seconds streetcars departing the wharf. There's probably a lot more now, right? And so uh, the street was so busy that the noise they made came to be known as the roar of the four. Because it was just like every second, just ding, 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 ding. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we 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 got to hear that in the automobile area era with the cars on Market Street. There are no cars. They have fortunately, gotten rid of since. Yeah. Um, yes, and then Muni kept expanding their streetcars as well as doing buses. Whoa, ambition! Uh, in the, a transit agency, what year is it? 1928, actually, when the the Sunset Tunnel was completed, uh, making a new line to Ocean Beach, now known as the N. Judah, possible. Cool, based. We rode the N. Judah to Ocean Beach. We sure did. It sure was a beach on the ocean. Yeah, if they did some stop consolidations, the N. Judah would be very goaded. A lot of stop consolidations. I don't think you need that many. They aren't actually that close together, relatively speaking. Well, what's the spacing? They're like downtown track spacing. They're... Usually about three San Francisco blocks. Which is 900 feet? Is San yes. Francisco blocks are 300 feet long. Yeah. Is that like the New Orleans spacing? So that's like a little better than Courthouse. No, that's that's worse. That's 1,200 feet on center. And six south? Yeah. Center to center, that's 1,200 feet. Oh, center to center. I see. Okay. Well, I was incorrect, and they are actually a lot closer together so, than I thought. And they, this, they this spacing happens a lot. There should probably be half as many stops, yeah. easily. Uh, yes. And also maybe some platforms. No, getting off into the street is fun. I don't know what you're talking maybe about. Maybe instead of getting off into the door of someone's car, I can get off onto a platform. Accessibility? They maybe? do have uh, there are ex- limited every, accessible like, options. Every few stations are accessible. So every few stations they should keep? Uh, are the ones they <laughs> probably. should keep, probably. Okay. Get rid of the Honestly, rest. probably. Because the rest are request stops as well. Oh. Yes. So they get requested every time then? Yes. Yeah, okay. I yep. did not, we did not skip a single stop yeah. either t- any of the times I rode the, uh, in Judah. This is the problem with using a bus operation style with streetcar levels of Well, ridership. that's because it was a streetcar and it was not like a... It was a bus, but on rails, and now it happens to run into, you know, a super high-capacity metro, but... <laughs> a bus on river rails, as yes. it were. It does run every 10 minutes, though, so it beats tracks there. Every 10 minutes. And it has an the owl service bus. is so fast. Oh, yeah, yeah their owl bus system is cool. It is Jeez. quite impressive. We'll talk about that next time. Uh... <laughs> So anyway, moving on from the end, Judah. Now to the 1930s, uh, which which were a lean time for both Muni and the Market Street Railway. In an opposite reflection of things to come, Muni killed off several bus routes to maintain streetcar service and discontinued every other stop in outlying areas. Oh. Yeah. So like instead of doing bus-tution, they did streetcar-tution. Good. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so so what is, the, what is the reason they were having to cut so much service? It was the Great Depression. Oh, yeah. Crap, I forgot about <laughs> that. <laughs> there, were, there were these things called revenues, right? And you have to use them to create like service. The Great Depression, <laughs> no economy did not go. Economy better. did not actually go. It just kind of, it kind of reverse, like... Depressed. J. Edgar Hoover and Calvin Coolidge put the economy into reverse for a little <laughs> while. <laughs> <laughs> or not J. Edgar Hoover, just President Hoover and... Calvin Coolidge put the economy into reverse for a bit instead of yeah, drive. Yeah, they, 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 they jammed the economy lever the wrong, the wrong way. <laughs> they sat on the wrong button in the Oval Office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would do it. That makes sense. Mm. 
Um, I think as a listener, I was supposed to gather that the Great Depression happened. Yeah, it was the 1930s. Um, Yeah. They were, but, uh, however, by this time, part of the city's Public Utilities Commission, which left them enough financial solvency to stay afloat. Wow. And despite inflation and rising costs, the five-cent fare continued. Funding be like... (laughs) Yeah, um, so... Public Utilities con- Commission was, like, basically in control of everything in San Francisco. Like, <laughs> anything that is a public service, they did. Integration. Uh, so, <laughs> there for a while, the city was using, like, funding, like, profits from water and electricity sales to run Muni. I don't hate that. Not a terrible idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fun, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, very, like, early 1900s sort of corrupt liberalism right there. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think we should return to. Sort um, of corrupt liberalism, my favorite flavor. Yeah. Uh, but by 1941, uh, the Market Street Railway was in very dire financial straits. Uh, over the preceding decade, this is in 1935, they'd been forced to fight the city to allow single-person operation on their streetcars, which was not allowed basically anywhere else. You, had to, you know, you have to have a conductor and a motorman to make sure the thing doesn't crash into something, I guess. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also had to raise their fare from five cents to seven. Ooh. It's like three That's coins. That's a 40% fare raise. And also you have to have like three coins instead, instead of, of one. one. Yeah. yeah. No more nickels. No. Um, it was the latter change that probably spelled their doom uh, because families, which were made less affluent by the Great Depression that forced them to raise fares, uh, were increasingly choosing to walk a bit further to muni lines to save a few cents. That's fair. Like, you know, if you have a family of four, right, and you're trying to go to, I don't know, you live in, you live in Russian Hill and you're trying to go to Ocean Beach to enjoy a lovely summer's day, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of taking the... Uh, the streetcar that runs right by your house that is the uh, Market's, Market Street Railway, uh, you walk a little bit further, you get on Muni to save eight cents because, you know, eight cents is like milk or whatever. Yeah. I, I, w- I would do that. Yeah. yeah. Fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Muni was also actively competing against the MSRA and trying to undermine them. Uh, Des- so th- despite running, on a, running at a... An operating loss. Well, yeah, but it's a municipal agency, so it can run at an operating Which loss. Which is a good feature, but it's not exactly <laughs> a fair fight against a private company. It really wasn't. Uh, so they implemented trolley bus service on several unprofitable routes to maintain service and decrease costs. You only need one person on a trolley bus, while streetcar lines still use two-man crews. Literally just, re- <laughs> literally just regulatory or union rules or whatever? Yes. Okay. Uh, they also began to purchase new streetcars, which the MSRY, Market Street Railway, uh, which had long built its own streetcars in the city, couldn't afford, which made them even more attractive. So they had some of their first PCCs then, and Market Street Railway could never afford to buy any PCCs. Aren't those the, the retro ones that they still run today? Yes, those are PCCs. All right. I've got to look in this. Yeah, look up a PCC. You can see what it looks like. Uh, although, funnily Ooh. enough... Funnily enough, uh, the modern Market Street Railway, also known as the F Market, um, <laughs> actually runs one PCC in the Market Street Railway's livery as sort of like a tribute to them never ha- having got any. That's nice. I love how they did that on just one of them. It's cute, right? Yeah. It's nice. It's like... <sighs> we won, but we're not sore about it. Yeah, they might have been a little sore about it. <laughs> um, so, you know, Market Street, bad shape at the moment, right? And it had just begun to look like the final consolidation of the two companies was back on the table. It's a final consolidation. Uh, When everything was briefly put on pause because of this thing that happened uh, December 7th, 1941, you know, a day that will live in infamy, you know, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. um, Japanese kind of attacked Pearl Harbor and blew up some things. And then oh yeah, we had we had a war about that. Oh yeah, we did. Yep. Um, and because you know we were at war now, driving alone was driving with Hitler, right? That was like an actual <laughs> slogan. If you drive to work alone, you drive with Hitler. I've they seen had posters. A poster for that. Yeah. Okay, wait. Another thing I have to. Yeah, look you gotta up. look this up. Um, it's fun, and then somebody's done it with Putin as well. So <laughs> I've That's, also since seen they're a big one. oil exporter, yeah. right? <laughs> there's a little guy driving his car and then oh there's Hitler in there. Yeah, oh, when you ride alone, you ride with Save oil, <laughs> save rubber. Yeah, for the war. So then suddenly everybody's like, hmm, time to go ride the San Francisco Municipal Railway and or Market Street Railway to my work instead of 
driving, right? Man, it's crazy what transportation options will do for a society. Yeah, um, and also, there's suddenly a lot of new jobs in San Francisco because... War. Industry. It's a port city. Ooh, port. You know what? You know where you build, like... Let, you know, we're having this war in the Pacific, and in the Pacific, there's a lot of water and not a lot of land. So what type of warfare do you think would predominate the, in the Pacific the Ocean? Yeah. Boat kind. Yeah, Boat. naval warfare. <laughs> Cannons. And since, you know, the United States is suddenly trying to build just a billion ships to go blow up Japanese ships... Man, I wonder if we should build these in a port city that has they easy They started building the them in San Francisco. And so uh, one streetcar line was specifically extended to serve a shipyard, and the nice. federal government paid for Market Street Railway to buy new buses to serve a different streetcar or a different uh, shipyard. So there's you know suddenly way more activity going on, especially since the Great Depression's now over, and it, people can actually afford to go places. So it's a big deal, and uh, streetcars from both companies were crush loaded throughout the war. Uh, Muni was stretched to its limit, adapting to massive passenger loads while training to repair damage from long-feared Japanese bomber raids against San Francisco. So Muni had trained, like, these rapid response teams in case the uh, Japanese had bombed San Francisco so they could go fix the streetcars real quick and get everything back in operation. That's the kind of plan I like to hear. Yeah, it's a good idea, right? Yeah. Uh, But, you know, the Market Street Railway just couldn't handle it. Uh, So while they were still bigger, uh, they were finally acquired by the city of San Francisco in 1944 after years of being outcompeted by Muni. Quote, outcompeted, quote. Well, yes. Yeah, but not on a level playing field. Yeah. It's more just times are changing. Got to be part of the city now. Yeah. Um, Oh, and then I forgot to mention this earlier, but um, Market Street Railway lines were numbers. Muni um, railway lines were letters. Oh, we did in New York. So what you'll notice is that most of the, uh, a lot of the sort of bus lines in in San Francisco today run on old uh, Market Street railway routes, and a lot of them still have the same number. Cool. cool. So there nice. you go. I think like the 30, 30 Stockton is uh, one of those, actually, So which we rode a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Yeah. All was not well, however, as deferred maintenance, especially (laughs) on the Market Street Railway tracks, and years of heavy passenger loads had pushed Muni to its limit. Tracks were often over 40 years old, and many of the streetcars in the fleet were practically antiques. Ka-chunk, 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 falls over. The end of the Second World War in 1945 also put people back in cars, spelling trouble for San Francisco's transit system as the next decade dawned. Yeah. Bad news, right? Yeah, that's not a good start. <laughs> so, Bustitution and the Cable Car Wars. Yeah, so the Cable Car Wars are actually going to be the episode all of their own that I was talking about. Ah, so, Bustitution. So it, I gotta tell you what's going on here. So, there's going to be one patron-exclusive episode, which is going to be on the cable cars in general, and then a shorter patron-exclusive mini-episode, which is on the Cable Car Wars, which will, after one month, being ex- available only to patrons be released to the public. Cool. It's going to be like 10, 15 minutes. Sounds good. Fingers crossed. Well, <laughs> yeah. Sounds well, good. Almost as soon as the war was over, the era of bustitution began. Despite a plan by former Market Street Railway leader Le- Leonard Newton, which would have maintained 13 streetcar lines and bustituted the rest, by the early 1960s, Muni would be left with just five streetcar lines the ones that ran through the tunnels to the west. Yeah. So, um, you know, there are those tunnels on the west side of the city, right? There's the Twin Peaks Tunnel and the uh, Sunset Tunnel. And those two tunnels are basically the only reason that San Francisco still has, like, streetcar lines out to the west of the city because even lines that were just absurdly high ridership and probably should have stayed streetcars, like... Uh, the Geary Boulevard line were bustituted just because, well, you know, we got to make space for cars. Got to widen Geary. But you can't run buses through those tunnels and you can't run cars through those tunnels, so they stayed as streetcar lines. Fair. Yeah. 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 Wasn't there also like one particular effort that could probably be credited 
with saving the streetcars in addition to You might tunnels. be thinking of the cable cars. I was thinking of the cable cars, yes. Because there was a whole thing called there the cable car wars in the 1940s where they fought to save the cable cars. See other episode. Yes, see other episode. Okay, so we got the tunnel streetcars that are, you know, by virtue of being technologically superior, capable yes. of going through the tunnels. And that is the N, J, K, L, and M. The N, Judah, uh, the K, Balboa, the M, I can't remember. <laughs> The J Church, Church and the and Judah, yeah. Well, so you know, and think about that because there used to be streetcars from A to O, and also a whole bunch of numbered routes from the Market Street Railway. So there were a lot of streetcars, and, and then maybe some of them should have stayed streetcars. Very for, rapidly, know, there were reasons. not like very rapidly. Because you don't have to maintain the road that the bus drives on. Somebody else does that. Yes, yes. Um, well, roundabout, but yeah. 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 Uh, there was also an extensive fight to save the city's cable cars during the 40s, and it is now part of the SFMTA's charter that they must continue to operate said cable cars. Despite, for some reason, agency executives, despite them being, you know, a beloved icon of the city that everyone loves, right... SFMTA executives are always trying to get rid of the cable cars because they cost a lot to operate. Okay, they also charge $8 fare to tourists. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like they might make money. But anyway. Yeah, I don't know what their operati- operating margin is, but it can't I imagine be that bad. it's not cheap because think of the infrastructure required for a cable car. And think of the fares. And modern safety standards. And the tourists. Yeah, so anyway. It's Muni, Muni's executives always hate them and try and get rid of them as much as they can. I, I could see hating them, but I, I don't I don't understand. Well, maybe these Muni elect, uh, uh, maybe these Muni executives should go get their Clipper card, go pay their eight dollars to the to the nice well, person on the cable car. If you load a Muni card. pass onto your Clipper card, then it's free. Oh yeah, because you can get unlimited for the month. Uh-huh. Well, go go pay your whatever and go enjoy a cable car ride. It's nice and it's way nicer than walking up the darn hill. I'll tell you that. If I yeah, you wonder yeah. why these things were invented? <laughs> yeah, like, those hills are steep. It, Clipper, the Clipper card's one of the few ones you can have on, like, your phone, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, you can have it on okay. your phone. Yep. Okay. So, it's nice. Uh, I didn't use that because I have a real one, but... <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you're cool. Yes, I am cool. Um, so, despite ongoing bustitution throughout the 50s and 60s, Muni was in good shape in 1962 when it celebrated its 50th 50th anniversary. They were operating a large, robust network and had maintained their 15-cent fare for over a decade. Throwing away uh, streetcars and switching to bus lines, I would imagine, was a contributing factor to the financial stability. Yeah. You still had to operate two-person streetcars, except the... So... Over this, like, you know, 20-year period, right, Muni had been very slowly replacing all these ancient wooden streetcars with PCCs and Uh. stuff, getting a more modern fleet. So you could operate the PCCs with single operation, according to city rules, but you could not operate older streetcars with single-person operation. So... That's fair. That's a rule. I guess. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know why, but that's a thing. Um, And then... As part of that celebration, the original number one car, where Mayor Rolf had paid the first Muni fare, was restored <laughs> for limited service. Do they still have that? I believe so. Made out of wood or yeah. whatever? I think it's in a museum somewhere. Mm. We might have actually seen it. It yeah. might be the one that's in the in cable car museum. Maybe. I don't know. That'd be cool. I didn't read the plaques that closely. I don't... Yeah, it's. Pr- I'm probably wrong, but I, if I... I th- no, that was a cable car. I don't know where it is. Okay. I'm sure it's around somewhere. You don't throw stuff like that out normally. Yeah, I, yeah, I hope not. People will pay that, to look at that. That's, that's some it's real good history. history. Yeah. They yeah. should have a little fare box you could put five cents in next to it. That would be fun. <laughs> like, donate yeah. to the SFMTA. <laughs> five cents. Um, yeah. And then, just two weeks. Okay, so this is like the concluding sentence of the whole episode. So listen yeah. in. Okay. Just two weeks after Muni celebrated its Golden Week, as it was called at the time, Bay Area voters would pass a ballot measure creating BART. Simpson. BART, which would create <laughs> two decades of opportunities and challenges for Muni. Mm. Which, where we will pick up in our next episode with the challenges Muni faced as a result of BART. To be continued. Because BART almost killed Muni, fun fact. 
or almost killed Muni's rail lines, I should say. And we'll hear about that in the next episode. Yeah. Out of apparently four? Two. Two. The last episode was Yeah, I said four episodes for Bay Area Transit Month, and it's probably going to be Bay Area Transit two months now because I'm thinking (laughs) I'm going to need two for BART and maybe a couple more as well. So, cool. Uh, part two of Muni and in the rapidly increasing Bay Area transit length time. of time. Bay Area transit time. We're going to have, this is going to be a whole new playlist you can look at <laughs> on our YouTube page is just Bay Area transit because we're oh going to have like goodness. six, seven episodes on it. Yeah, the Bay Area transit podcast. Yes. <laughs> Bad p- At this rate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Bart, but worse. Uh, <laughs> so, please remember to like, oh wait, so, uh, my conclusion, Muni good, question yeah, mark? Yeah, Muni good. Muni's actually, like, a well, I like a good agency. God, I miss Muni so much being back here. Man, like, <laughs> we could just walk out the door, and there was always going to be a bus there, and the metro is super nice and fast, and all the buses are, like, electric, so they're quiet, and they're um, clean, and they don't... Well, most of them are electric. Well... I don't know a how lot much of the, the buses. A lot of electric. them are electric, and one third of their daily rides happen on electrified trolley buses. There you go. Jeez. Also, just like anyone who says mixed use walkable urbanism is bad, is stupid, and wrong. Having actually experienced it for real for the first time for a couple <laughs> days, it's nice. There was a pizza place like, right across the street. There was a little like place you could buy candy up the way. <sighs> get, get on one of 50 different buses to any yeah, attraction imaginable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, All the transit isn't quite as good in the western and southern parts of the city, but it's still a lot better than it is most places. And that's also where they run the streetcars. Yes, actually, which you can get into the central city in a relatively timely so manner. that compensates a lot for the overall just lower amount of service. Well, and you have to remember, we've only ridden Muni post-COVID. This is because true. Because they are still apparently not at they, pre-COVID levels. Apparently, of they used to be work. way better before COVID. Yes. Well, and if we enjoyed it post-COVID, I know. I, <laughs> I don't know. even want to know. I never waited for a train, except once in the central subway. And how long was that? Four or five minutes. Something like that. Jeez. Yeah, I come often. <laughs> never waited for a train. Please remember to smash that like Please button. Please remember argue to in the comments and subscribe. <laughs> Please remember to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube, and to leave us a rating on iTunes and Spotify. If you like what we do here, please consider joining us on Patreon, where members get early access to our existing content, a Patreon-exclusive episode every month, as well as additional benefits like stickers. And speaking of patrons, our patrons are... Uh, Frontrunner, Double Track. Frontrunner, Quad Track, um, <laughs> Logan Tunnel to Electrified <laughs> tier. tier uh, Zach. $69.69 per month, Zach Adams. At regular frontrunner tier, we have... $10 a month. We have Curtis Herring, Devin Zander, Mike Christensen, and Phobos2390. And shout, shout out to Mike for being our longest-running um, frontrunner subscriber. Yeah. And subscriber in general. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Mike is Mike is a very consistent being supportive. Chad. We appreciate it. Yeah. And then uh, $5 a month, our red lines here, we have Brian, Brian Smith, Smith, Christopher, Christopher Whaley, Whaley, Jacob, Jacob White, White Cotton, Cotton Reluctant L.A. <laughs> resident. Just let him do it. Uh-huh. Reluctant L.A. resident, Robert P. Walsh, and Scott Harris. Our blue lines here <laughs> at $3. We have... Just Cuz, Alex Dykelski, Ben Busath, Bradley Bondi, DJ Hi. Will Watkins, Hi, Will. Hi. Elijah Kensler, Ethan McDonald, Evelyn, G4, Gonzo12, Jack Dean, John Heron Corman, Martine Hacker Martinez, Old Trolley, Patrick Salas, uh, Schuyler, Schuyler Hall, and Seth. Yep. Thanks, guys. Give us money so we can pay for Metro and also stickers. Yeah, you give us money and we give you service. Also! We have merch! Shop TRLPod.com to buy stickers, including the Redline Podcast sticker, including the Future is Multimodal sticker, and including Slay the Cost Snake sticker for the low, low price of $2.50 a pop. And lower if you buy multiple. And lower if you buy multiple. I'm done yelling now. That, that probably is might that not unusable? be audible. I think that might be clipping. Can you turn it down? So you can yell? Yeah.
But yeah, shop.trlpod.com. Okay, we'll do shop.trlpod.com. Your one-stop shop for all things TRL Pod, which in this case is only three stickers. We have three stickers. <laughs> um, Shirts start- incoming someday. Starting at fair, two dollars fifty cents. Post included. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you Uni can Clipper fair, two fifty. <laughs> UTA fair, two fifty. Yeah. Well, UTA cash fair, two fifty. Uh, AC Transit cash fair, two fifty. Wait, what's AC Transit Clipper? Two twenty-five. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know that's kind of cheap of them. Yeah, Muni, uh, Muni's fair is three dollars though if you pay cash. Yeah. Portland fair, two fifty. Two fifty. <laughs> like I said, fair. Unless fair. it's in New York. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Stay tuned bye. for part two. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for part two where we'll talk about the challenges of Muni in the 70s and 80s and Ooh, also... spooky Reagan! ...in the modern day. Ugh. It's not mostly... It's actually mostly not Reagan's fault. Whoa! This is going to be first interesting. Time I know, but first time wow. for everything. <laughs> I know usually we can write it off to car subsidies and Reagan, but we got something different and interesting this time. I see why this is 20 episodes. Yeah. And growing. The podcast snake has bitten this series. <laughs> <laughs> I just enjoy being in the content mines in the Bay Area more than I do in other places, apparently.